This is Carson Edwards from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield, pulled by Stubblefield. Goodbye, Tanner Stubblefield. Beat Dwight Ellick, and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to a more in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Cuts back. Touchdown. It is intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey punctuates this upset with a pick six. What better way to start off the Boiler Breakdown podcast episode one than quoting a famous quote from Tiger Woods that he said on August 28, 1996, when he said, I guess, hello world. Hello world, the Boiler Breakdown is here. After, what, two months of anticipation, we are finally here and ready to talk some Boilermaker football and just Boilermaker sports in general, I guess, because a little men's basketball is going to be mixed in. In this podcast, for all of you that don't recognize my voice or have never listened to one of my podcasts, my name is Tanner Lee. I'm here with two really good buddies of mine, lifelong friends, both diehard Boilermakers, Andrew Eiler and Evan Webb. What is going on, guys? Tan, how you doing? Well, I'm better now that we have started this <laughs> podcast after having some technical difficulties, but we are off and rolling. And like I said, we've had the social media cranking for about two months. And feels good to finally be recording an episode. Um, a, lot, a lot of people might have listened to our Boy Breakdown episodes from last season that were a spinoff of my weekly sports podcast, uh, the Tana J-Man Show. But we decided to just start fresh, rebrand the whole thing, launch it brand new. So here we are. Uh, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves a little bit? Go for it, Tyler. I was about to say the same to you. All right. Well, um, Andrew Eiler, I went to. I didn't go to Purdue. I went to Butler, but Wait, uh, grew up grew up a big uh, Purdue fan. Uh, going to football and basketball games with these two guys. Um, just kind of lifelong Purdue fan since my dad started taking me to basketball and football games, probably as early as I can remember. Kind of along the same for me. My name is Evan Webb. Uh, I did go to Purdue, a little different than Andrew. Uh, 2015 Purdue grad, uh, graduated from Cranert. Um, but kind of the same as both these guys. I grew up a huge Purdue fan. My dad also went to Purdue. So he kind of, I didn't really have a choice growing up. Um, so but wouldn't have it any other way. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I already, already introduced myself. I'm a Tanner League, lifelong Purdue fan. Purdue graduate, 2014, uh, college liberal arts, or actually, I guess I should say uh, Brian Lamb School of Communications, I should say. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of like these guys. Uh, my dad went and graduated from Purdue. My grandpa went to Purdue as well. Kind of grew up having no choice, but I wouldn't have it either any other way. I think I learned to hate IU and Notre Dame before I could even read or write. Um and I just have really bled gold and black my whole life. And uh, wouldn't you guys say that the Purdue culture is such like a, a family, hardworking culture? Absolutely. So I feel like it's a, it's a great um, 
not like stereotype, but it's just like the like the basketball team. It's always work hard, and that's just that's like what they pride themselves on in defense. And it's yeah, just the history of that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and like I know within my family, it's like it's like a culture thing within the you know the Lee family, and then on my mom's side, the Romine Zimmerman family. It's it's just like it brings us all together. Purdue sports like brings us all together, and I feel like. If you're a Purdue fan, you either went there or have some connection. A family member went there, or maybe you're a big into ag and farming. You don't like Purdue just to like them, like a lot of IU fans and Notre Dame football fans. Would you guys agree with that? Definitely. 100%. Yeah. So, so anyways, you guys, all of you listening out there, all Boilermaker Nation, you're listening to three diehard Boilermakers that have been diehards from the beginning, even if Andrew does like Butler too. He went there. He got there. We'll, 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 we'll let that slide. It's way better. This is going to be a Butler basketball podcast in a couple months, right? <laughs> I hope not. Uh, we do play play each other in the crossroads, so that'll I be know. a nice thing. We can talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got we got a few episodes to get through before we get to that. So, um, before we get into recapping last season, I asked you guys to come up with a list. Uh, your top three favorite Purdue football moments and top three favorite men's basketball moments in your lifetime. Andrew, why don't you start uh, top three favorite football moments? Football. Okay. Number one, um, most, I, I struggled getting anything that wasn't within the last few years, just because I kind of, I don't know, like I think you said, Tanner, after 2010, it kind of was just a black hole. Um, <laughs> hey, now watch yourself. Hard. Uh, <laughs> I think hard to beat uh, last year's Ohio state game, Tyler Trent game. That was just, incredible kind of the coming out party for that Purdue team kind of growing up. Plus who couldn't root for Purdue that night with everything going on with Tyler Trent and all the national stories that came from that and everything, all the great that came out from his foundation and everything now that's going on. Plus always, always fun to upset Ohio state too on top of all that. Did you guys? Did you? This is a little off topic here, but did you guys see that Ohio State is trying to copyright uh, the word "the" oh. in all caps? Yeah. Did for, you see uh, what Michigan put on Twitter? Yes. What Michigan say? They posted a picture. So it's the University of Michigan. So they made the "of" really big on a, on a picture, and just, <laughs> but then all the Ohio State fans were, you know, posting the results of the last like fifteen yeah, I, games and. I hate. I can't stand Harbaugh. So I, oh, I can't yeah. either. Um, yeah, and, and I'm sure, like everybody, will soon find out. We we'll talk probably a lot of Big Ten as well, not just Purdue, since Purdue is in the Big Ten, and we're all Big Ten fans. I think we can agree on that. But uh, what are your other moments, Andrew? Um, Drew Brees, Seth Morales. I I, ba- I vaguely remember it, so I picked it because it was in our lifetime, and that I could uh, vaguely remember it and know the the highlight. The call. Oh, you can't beat the call. I mean, Brett Musburger, Holy Toledo, even Joe McConnell. Yeah, yeah, both calls are great. Um, I mean, would you would you guys say that's the most famous Purdue football play in the history of Purdue football? I know that's a tough one because I mean, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of good plays that happened way back when that we don't even know of, but I would say it is at least in the last couple decades. I would say, I mean, even especially of probably our parents' generation. I mean, that's and like, I mean, they went through the Coletto years before oh, Tiller, Lord. so it's probably. But well, we know, went through the Hazel years. 
Okay, that's the only mention of this thing ever on the podcast. I apologize. I, I doubt that. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, and then the last one, I put, uh, I don't know, this may be kind of lame. I just put Jeff Brown turning down Louisville this past summer. That's the, oh, that's a good one. I like that. All, really the, all the momentum that they've had after yeah. two years and then the recruiting class that was kind of building and kind of on top of it. and. Well, well, Hopefully I mean, that means he's here to stay, and that'll for at least a few more years, and not not in the near future that he'll be looking to jump. Well, that so was definitely Purdue's biggest win, yeah, in months. Was that? Um, I mean, could you imagine? I mean, if if they lost Jeff Brom already after last year, I think a lot of the recruits jump, and we don't get the top twenty-five uh, class of two thousand nineteen recruiting class, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows if other players leave? Uh, Oh, man, uh, all that work in the past few years would have went down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm confident we could have got a decent coach, but not of Jeff Brom's caliber. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, it definitely would have been a better job than it was two years before, but I feel like it would have almost been starting back a few steps. Yeah. So just to kind of keep the progress so where there is some definite excitement and investment back into the football program that is much needed and kind of new from what's been – lacking the last few years. Where were you guys when you heard the Jeff Brown news? I was at my kitchen table <laughs> eating dinner and refreshing golden black every three yeah. seconds. Yeah, I was at, I was walking out of Kroger, and I think you guys were texting me, and I think I was doing the same thing, walking through Kroger, refreshing Twitter. And, and I'm pretty sure I did an embarrassing <clears throat> dance. I'm pretty sure I probably got up and danced or something. So. Well, I was uh, at a work event. And high five my boss. So awesome. <laughs> you, you, you win. You win yeah. for tonight. Oh man. Um, yeah, that was huge, huge, huge for momentum and everything going on. And I'm real excited for the year three of the Jeff Brom era, uh, which we'll get more into uh, this upcoming season on our next podcast, the week of the Nevada game. But Evan, how about you? What are your top three moments? Uh, just like either, uh, basically the list should really just start and end with the Ohio State win from this last year. Um, that was it was just being there, especially being there was something. It was just unreal. Um, starting kind of starting that day, that whole day was just just had a weird vibe to it. I mean, you, you started out the day, you know, watching the game day special about Tyler Trent, and you know, just bawling your eyes out watching that, and then coming to the game and you know. Yeah, you want to win, but I mean it's Ohio State, number two in the nation, and you know it's going to take something special to to beat them. And then the game happens or it starts, and we're up to that lead, and keep thinking, okay, the next drive they're gonna. This is when it starts. This is when the comeback starts. You know, this is it's been fun, but then it never happened. And then you know Rondale had that amazing play, which I think is probably going to be up there uh, with one probably some of the one of the best plays. I mean, definitely of his career, just because of everything that was around it. And then you had the Bailey pick six, and it was just absolute mayhem. And then uh, after that, actually, I have another Ohio State game just because of being there, but it was uh, 2011, uh, my freshman year of college, uh, Tanner, your sophomore year, uh, when we beat them in overtime and uh, got to rush the field um, with Robert Marv at quarterback. I remember that. I thought that was fun just because of the fact we got to rush the field and. I remember Tanner, we we were there and sitting with a couple of our buddies and talking like because we were like what third row, yeah. Uh, we're talking. Yeah. We're like, if we win, we rush the field because Ohio State wasn't that great this year. But you know, no, they were bad that year. Yeah. And it's like, do we rush the field? Ah, we really shouldn't. It's kind of bad. <laughs> and then 
once we, like we no three thousand people start pushing you, you kind of just have to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was cool, like being on the field and Kerrigan being right there and seeing that massive human right next that, to you. That was 09 Kerrigan. Oh, no, that's right. You're right. Yeah, that's right. Rush yeah. that field. Yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and then though, and I just from recent memory again was the Foster Farms Bowl 2017. How's it going? Um, just because of, again, what that year consisted of, of not knowing what was going to happen that year to kind of culminating the very end of, you know, the fake kneel down, the obviously the pass, Sundular to Mahungu to end the, at, towards the end of the game. That was just a really cool moment, cap, you know, capping off a, you know, practically a dream season. You know, we were going into that year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both season wasn't even a, really a, a, a true thought. And uh, being able to, I remember I was in my apartment. And it was it was a late game. It ended late, being a California game, and I was just I know my girlfriend yeah. was asleep, and I was just fist pumping as silently as I could in the living room. So it was a lot of fun. And that uh, and Elijah playing on our freaking torn ACL. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That we didn't know about till after the game. We knew he was hurt. I'm thinking a sprained knee or something. <laughs> it was torn ACL. He was balling out. So that yeah. was a very fun game. Um, and, and back to your one, your Ohio State one from 2011, uh, Webby. I think another thing that went into rushing of the field was Ohio State should have took the lead with 23 seconds mm-hmm. left, and Bruce Gaston blocked an extra point. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was that was a big mm-hmm. point in the game too. So yeah. and uh, we ended the game scoring a touchdown. Didn't, or did we score? Is that how we won? Is uh, Robert, Robert um, QB sneaked and reached the ball yeah. over the end. Yeah, so, so that all came to it too. It was an overtime after- game and. After he threw an interception right in the fourth quarter, didn't he? You're I'm right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in the red zone. I think he's trying either for O.J. Ross or Gary Bush. Um, yeah. That was kind of Robert Marv's highlight, really, of his Purdue career. Unfortunately, we never saw him healthy. Um, like uh, Tim Newton, voice of the Boilermakers, was mentioning in the Purdue Athletics podcast the other day that besides Elijah Sindelar, Mark – or um, yeah, no, Jim Everett and yeah. uh, Robert Marv had the two other strongest arms. And and I can uh, back that up about Marv. I was a manager in 2011 and 2012, part of the Danny Hope era, and he, his arm was a cannon. Um, <laughs> I, I played catch with him one time when he had his ACL, uh, his latest one, his senior year, and he couldn't play for a couple weeks. And we were standing about 20 yards apart, and he was throwing it so hard, I called over Cameron Posey to catch the ball for me. And then Cameron <laughs> would toss it, and I would toss it back because – it was, it was hurt. I was waiting for a broken finger was waiting to happen. Uh, it was, yeah, he could just right through the hands, hit you in the chest. Knock yeah. The hand out of you. yeah. Oh yeah. It was just, it was, it was going to happen sooner or later. So Tanner goes home with his hurt. go. Yeah. Oh yeah. How did you get hurt? How'd you get there? Oh, it's kind of embarrassing, but, Marv. <laughs> but, uh, oh, good, good times. It's funny. Our, our listeners will probably hear a couple manager stories and events from those two years. So, uh, my three, I have, Two of the same as you guys, or two of the same as Andrew, at least. I have the Ohio State game from last year. I mean, how could you not, really? Um, just a thumping of the number two team in the nation. Uh, Tyler Trent's story, Rondell Moore's heroics. Uh, Marcus Bailey, the hometown kid, ending it with an exclamation point of a pick six. Uh, just just like you said, Webby, it was just kind of magical feeling in the air the whole day. Just something. And it was on, on ABC on prime time. It was like, Hello, world! Like here we are. Yeah. We're, we're back, or we're, we're on the way back. Um, I got the Morales game on there. That I was there. I still remember the play vividly in my head. It was my, I don't remember that game at all, so I decided to put it on there. I don't it, remember. It was my third Purdue game ever. Um, 
I remember it looked like Purdue had it in the bag, and then Drew Brees threw a pick um, to one of the high State defensive backs, and he turned it to the two, and they scored. And a little over two minutes to go, the crowd was thinking, oh, you know, here we go again. It's got to be another 35 years till we get to the Rose Bowl. And then, uh, you know, as Drew's said many, many times, he threw that uh, little, like, seam pass to Seth Morales, which was his fourth progression, which he might get the ball once out of every, like, 500 times. Mm-hmm. And, you know – Looking back on that play, I can't imagine how nervous Seth Morales was running under that ball, just thinking, catch the ball, don't trip. Right. He's so wide open. This is the only chance they got. Um, what a clutch pass. I still have never heard Ross say that loud to this day. Right. That place was shaking. Um, just so cool. And, and it is pretty cool looking back that they rushed the field three times that year, the Michigan game, the Ohio State game, and the Indiana game. So, so pretty crazy. And then uh, one – that I'm surprised you guys didn't mention with our hatred of Notre Dame going up there in 2004 and just kicking. I almost put it on there. I I, I I almost put it on there. I, I was fortunate enough yeah. to be at that game too. Um, my only pleasant memory ever in Notre Dame Stadium, uh, and Orton connecting on that 97 yarder to Taylor Stubblefield. Yeah, he running down doing the boiler up, getting a flag. All that was just so glorious, and the That's defense. What I was- Teeing off on Brady Quinn all day long. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's what I was trying to remember. Like, there has to be some Kyle Orton games I'm missing because I knew mm-hmm. they were good. Like, under Tiller, they were good. And I was like, yep. I can't. It was yeah, just I like the last two, three years game, and like yeah. Drew Brees. Yeah, no, no, you know, and uh, you guys know I'm a big, big Kyle Orton fan. That's why I'm a big Denver Bronco fan because of Kyle Orton. And, uh, you know, he had that game. Um, he had one of his. He had a couple moments his senior year, including that Notre Dame game before the fumble and everything happened. He had one late in the year against Ohio State where he came uh, in late and threw in a Dustin Keller, a freshman Dustin Keller for the win. That was mm. a big one because because that Purdue team lost so many close games. That was a could have been really a magical season, but but uh, no, Orton was a stud. Um, but I, I'm sure I can think of many more that I didn't. Uh, yeah. I have an honorable mention, but let's move on to men's basketball top three. This was a tough one to only come up with three moments as well. Andrew, yeah. start us off there. Um, I picked John Octius baptizing the masses oh, okay. just be, good one. Good one. just good because one. who it was over and also just <laughs> oh, just the total domination that I think this is pretty one big that came right over at uh, over IU. Wasn't that what they won by like? 17. Oh, I was thinking that no. was, I, I remember that one from the, no. the I thought we, that we've, was, we've never won big ass. <laughs> <We all, laughs> Even when they the sucked, you won by like three because, uh, what's his face? Scott games. Uh, no, it was already, he was okay. already gone. I think. Um, no, Bryce I put, was on that team. That he was, was? Yeah. Yeah. That was his last, that was his last year then. Oh yeah. Cause that, cause next year he went to, because the uh, next year we lost in a close game, yeah. we scored back, yeah. and then we've won the past two times. That's a stupid game. goaltending call. Yeah, we've beat them eight of the last nine times, or maybe nine out of the last ten. It's glorious. But don't <laughs> don't forget, guys, this is Archie State now. <laughs> Idiots. Yeah. And I hope any IU fan that's listening just turned this off. That is my goal. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Um. <laughs> I put uh, the win over Tennessee last year in the Sweet 16 to get to the Elite Eight mm-hmm. just because that was as far as I can remember Purdue basketball getting. Mm-hmm. I know they were good yeah, that, that I can remember. Plus, yeah, freaking. Ryan Klein game, I, man. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, I couldn't – I was kind of struggling the same to kind of pick like just one, and I just remember going with kind of the 
2016-17 like season, I guess. That was when pretty when they had the terrible non-conference. Everybody kind of came off and then they ran off the Big Ten, kind of came out of nowhere to win the Big Ten. It was like they they that was 16-17, right? Yeah, we didn't have a terrible non-conference though. What was the one uh, what am I, what year am I thinking of then? That I'm thinking of uh 14-15 when we lost 14, to Gardner 15. Webb, lost to um North Florida. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, okay, when was it? Or this year. No, 16, 17, 18, we got, we got, 2019. Didn't we get torched by Notre Dame in the crossroads, and then they rattled off like 12-1 and one to start the Big Ten? Uh, no, they came back and beat Notre Dame in the crossroads that year. That was two okay, years I'm ago. Think, then maybe I'm thinking 14-15. That was Biggie's. I should have uh, fact-checked my. That was Biggie's second last year was when they came back and okay. beat Notre Dame. Yep. That was, our, that was our first crossroads win. Yep. Yeah. Hate that thing. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, Evan, the you were like the main producer, basketball <laughs> guy, because even though football's about to start, Evan's like counting down oh, the I'm days. So <laughs> I got my Gene Katie shirt on. Um, this one was fun. Um, it was really hard to figure out which ones I like because there were. I had you. Have, I'll, do, I'll do my honorable, honorable mention first. Um, well, I'll do my honorable honorable mention first. I was gonna pick uh, the Big Ten uh, clinching game against Indiana a couple years ago. Tom Green's last year, just not necessarily because it was over Indiana. That was that was kind of more icing on the cake, but more just the fact that being there, it's like, oh, I got to get to see Purdue win a Big Ten. I, I, I don't remember seeing that before. I've seen them. I, I saw them win a Big Ten tournament title, but you know, doing the actual season titles a bit was a bit more special. And the fact it was over Indiana was in a season where they sucked was even better. Um, but my arm, true honor mentions also against IU in 2003. Uh, you had Willie Dean, Kenneth Lowe. Um, I call it my flu game because I was actually sick that day and my mom <laughs> let me go. So powered through it. And that was really my, that's probably one of my first memories of a Purdue IU basketball game. And I remember Mackie was just electric as it always yeah. is. I think um, Indiana was ranked like 15th. Yeah. They were like, they were top 15. I think they were 14th. Um, Willie Dean, Kenneth Lowe, with Kenny Lowe was one of my Man, those guys favorite are players. Yeah, I think they both yeah. had like 17. Um, I remember Kenny Lowe hit a couple threes and was like waving his arms, pumped the crowd. And that thought it was so cool. Um, it's like an 11 year old. Um, that was really my first time being kind of in, introduced to the rivalry. Um, but my actual top three moments, like I had the Tennessee game to go to the Elite Eight. I don't remember 2000s. This was pretty cool to actually see Purdue advance to the Elite Eight. Um, being able to watch that was awesome. I about threw out my shoulder multiple times when Ryan Klein was hit, was draining threes oh, in my hotel room. Um, I about broke my closet door when Carson missed the first free throw. Yeah, I was. I, I pretty hard. I I think I just like collapsed on the floor and when but, he missed the first one because when, when but, he got fouled, like he's got he's got all three of these, no problem. Yeah. He the first one, I was like, oh my god, this is how it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, second one, or I guess there's really no true order, but uh, 2017. Uh, or a second round game beating Iowa State uh, to go to the Sweet 16. Uh, again, cool. I was at that game. Actually, got to see Butler the game before uh, up in Milwaukee. That was really cool. Um, one, I mean, the Iowa State came roaring back, and that place was a had a lot of Iowa State fans, and that place got really loud for all the wrong reasons. Um, but being able to kind of power through it and finish up the game, I remember when. Uh, I think it was a free throw. Was it Dakota Matthias? Matthias free throw that Biggie mm-hmm. grabbed. Mm-hmm. Um, just an absolute man amongst boys on that rebound. And I don't know if I've ever screamed louder at a game 
there's a lot of Iowa State fans behind me. I'm sure they loved me. Um, that was really cool. And then my third one, again, I was at this game as well, and Tanner, you weren't. Uh, West Virginia game, 20, 2010, January 1st. Have to still the- rub that in. Everybody's going <laughs> to Probably the last I've ever heard Mackie. One of the, one of the loudest. Um, I mean, you, it was – I think we were number four. They were number six in the country. Beat them by 15. Uh, JJ yeah, had- Bob and – Freaking Huggins in. Like, oh, we're just tired. Yeah, Purdue's not yeah, good. They're yeah, just tired. Yeah. Oh, my God. JJ had what a jerk. JJ had a double double. It was I remember I remember distinctly being in the crowd and Robbie was guarding a guy and I was just screaming five seconds before the ref called five seconds and they called it and Mackie just erupted. So that was really cool to see a top five or top ten matchup like that. And Mackie mm-hmm. was really cool. Um yeah, I, I that that whole season is on my honorable mention. That whole <laughs> 10 season was so yeah. fun until that stupid night up in Minnesota. And, and, and you mentioned about yep. West Virginia made me remind me of that because, oh, that still frustrates me to this day. The final four was Duke, Butler, no offense, Andrew. <laughs> Minneapolis, that was frustrating. Michigan right. State, who we clobbered once and almost yeah. beat without Robbie, and yeah. in West Virginia. Who right. we clobbered that one, oh, still makes me mad yeah. nine years later. But that whole season was fun, though. I mean, that team you had Etoile Moore, Juwan Johnson, Robbie Homo, Chris Kramer, Ethan Grant as your starting five. Lou Jack came off the bench. Um, yeah, that was uh, man, that was a fun year. Um, <laughs> that, that was my honorable mention. Uh, let's see, on my I have uh, beating IU in 2017. Um, just because, like we mentioned, it was clinching the Big Ten and, and our arch rival. That was pretty sweet. Have a Tennessee Sweet 16 game last year. I mean, I, I do remember, even though I'm only a year older than you guys, I still remember weird things. <laughs> like two months older than Andrew. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, you're I, uh, I, I do remember that Elite Eight game against Wisconsin. Um, I don't remember really vividly, but I remember losing by five and knowing that the final four was in Indianapolis and that we weren't going. And I got real upset because <laughs> I was eight years old at the time. Um, but that matchup was a six seed against an eight seed. I mean, that was kind of flukish. Um, and so to see us as a really good team beat a really good Tennessee team in the Sweet 16 this year was pretty sweet. And then kind of I got, have, uh, kind of, kind of well, for one, we got over the, you know, the, the, glass ceiling of painter yeah. not being a breakthrough but then it was also you know we yeah, we got to the lead eight but we also beat a team that was better it's not like we beat you know an eight seed or whatever yeah. it was like it was a team that yeah. was you know a seed better than us yeah. so because that was kind of the thing was we would get to the sweet 16 go up against a one or a two seed or mm-hmm. in the case of last year or two, or go two, up against two Texas Tech without Texas Tech, yeah. yeah or they yeah. were a lower mm-hmm. seed and and yeah. still lose and not only lose but lose by double digits so yeah. Um, uh, uh, another one of my honorable mentions, since you just said kind of breaking the glass ceiling, was the first time we had advanced to Sweet 16 since 2000. And that was when we uh, beat Washington yeah. in uh, the 08 09 season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. We ended up losing to UConn with Ashim to beat um, Jeff Adrian, a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. They were stacked. That team went to the final four, but that was a pretty cool game, too. Um, and then lastly on my list, uh, of three. This was personally, I think, the loudest I've ever heard, Mackie, since I wasn't at that 2010 West Virginia game. The Ohio State game in 2011 when each one went out off there too. Yeah. for 
38 points. I was lucky enough to be a freshman that year in the paint crew. And they gave us these black latex gloves that helped make even more noise. And that's when the paint crew used to be in one section, not two. Wow, that was intimidating for um, opposing teams. That was one of two years we went undefeated in Mackey was that year. Also this past year. Um, so that was a really fun game. That Ohio State team was good. Aircraft, Soldier, yeah. Diebler, Buford. Um, I actually went to the Ohio State game that year when they were number one. We were 10. We lost by like a trillion. We were really <laughs> down by like 30 points a half. I wanted to leave, but no, we had to ride a four-hour bus ride back from Columbus that night. It was terrible. That arena sucks, yeah. doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's an NBA arena. I mean, it's very nice. It's like an NBA arena, but the fans don't show up until like midway through the first half. And it's just, yeah, it's not. How's it, how's it compared to the Yum Center? Very similar. Uh, Yum okay. Center nicer, I would say. Yeah, no, Yum Center's nice. Uh, but, but yeah, they're very similar to that. Yeah, but that, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that night at the Yum Center future episode. <laughs> I don't really want to dip into that because I, oh. I thought of, I thought about the end of that game today and about cried. And it's five months later. <laughs> So, okay. Okay. Enough. Uh, all good lists. I'm sure this won't be the last time we do some sort of list on the podcast. So that takes us into what we're focusing on tonight, boiler football. We're not going to be getting into this year yet. We'll, we'll wait for our next episode of the week of the Nevada game. But I thought we could recap last year, the 2018 season, with 6-6 six and six in the regular season. We got absolutely demolished. We had great seats, though. Best seats I've ever had for a football game. That's where it started and ended. Just watch the track meet. And and if you you recall, Webby, me kept repeating myself over and over again. Everybody around us who was yelling, put Sindelar in. No. If you put him in, it ruins his sixth year chance of eligibility, which he ended up getting. So they didn't do that. uh, How would you guys describe describe last season? Oh man, um, I'd call it like a like a stepping stone almost. I mean, it showed. I saw. Def, I think it's definitely like growth from kind of coming back from like absolute rock bottom to twenty to Brahms' first season, whatever that would have been 17, 17, 18 season or sixteen seventeen, whatever you call it. Seventeen. Yeah, um, <clears throat> where it was just kind of happy to be relevant and happy to win games. And then last year it was, okay, wow, we actually beat some teams we shouldn't have beat, shouldn't have beat. We also lost some games we shouldn't have lost, mm-hmm. but it was definitely like the the potential. So I just see it as kind of a, just the next step forward. I guess how it's kind of progressive. Um, I would call, I mean, it could just, maybe just the Auburn game is just kind of <laughs> clouding my, my lens. <laughs> um, it just seems very. It just seemed like a very inconsistent year. Yes, it's, it's, I like that. Um, yep. You know, you start out. I mean, you start against Northwestern, Big Ten opponent, first game of the year, eventual Big Ten West champ. Tons um, of hype around that game. You know, Thursday night, yeah, yeah, national yeah. game. And then um, Rondell Moore breaking out in the first. Yeah, half. Yeah, oh, Rondell Moore yeah. game. Um, then you know you follow up with losing to Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan, which. Thank you for getting married yeah. that day, Andrew. So I didn't have to go through that. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, the Thank you. See, that's maybe that's why I have 
Maybe that's why I have slightly positive because I missed that game and I missed the Auburn game because I was working and I, <laughs> I just remember like coming back to my computer and it's like, wait a minute, like Auburn scored like three more touchdowns. I was gone it, like six it was, minutes. It was, worse, <laughs> it was worse than it looked. Yeah, it was. They scored hundred if they wanted to. It was bad. Yeah. Um, then we followed up with losing to Missouri. I missed that, that was, game. That was a good college football game though. Yeah, it was a good. Game. Yeah, I'm not just saying that because Drew Locke's a Bronco. <laughs> No, that was um, a good game. That was the, if you liked offense, that was a game to go to. They yeah. team to stop one another. Man. And then we followed up with playing a ranked Boston College team and beating them. Um their mouth. handily. Yeah. I remember that was the first game I could go to that year. Um and I was walking around the tailgates over by the intramural fields. I remember I, I walked I didn't know who they were, but I, I walked by a little campsite there and I overheard someone might have been like a dad talking to his son goes, Oh, how do you think how do you think we're gonna do today? And the kid was like, who might have been, I think he might have been a student who was, oh, I think we're going to get, you know, demolished today because they're ranked. And I was like, eh, I mean, I didn't feel that way, but it was just like, I mean, come on, man. Like, it's, I remember hearing that all the time when I was a student and believed it then um, just because of where we were. But, and then we go out and handle them, no issue. And I think it was their running back, it was supposed to be their star player. Yeah, well, and our defense was awesome that day. Yeah, for, yeah, kind of. That's the only time last year was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, but obviously you had the Ohio State game. <laughs> we've already talked about, but then you followed up with, you know, I don't know if it was the next game. Well, after that Boston College game, we rattled off Nebraska. three in a row at Nebraska, beat them 43 28. I mean, we, we jumped out, punched them in the mouth. The offense looked good that day. And then, and then we killed Illinois 46 to 7. That game was over at halftime. And yeah. then we beat Ohio State. So we were feeling really good about ourselves. Yeah. Then we went up to Sparty, up at East Lansing, just laid an egg. Yeah. 23-13 to Rocky Lombardi, the backup quarterback, um, Brian Lorecki. No, that out. was that when – when did the Brom to Louisville rumors? Like when oh, did that, Louisville fire? We'll, we'll get was to that, that in a bit. That was yeah. later at Minnesota. Um, okay, I didn't remember if that was Michigan State or Minnesota. The Michigan State game, the one thing that still bothers me about this game was the darn no call of the helmet-to-helmet, the Bryson Hopkins, and the ball got picked off. And yep. It changed the whole game. Purdue's about ready to score, and I think take the lead. And it was, it just – that was an ugly offensive game. It was yeah. – that was one game that I was actually a little frustrated with the play calling too, and I don't like to be that mm-hmm. guy. But that was one – it just looked like we took our foot off the gas compared yeah. to how we were calling the other games. Was it crappy weather too? Was, yeah, uh, the weather wasn't the great. I think it was rainy. So, yeah, yeah, that was that was disappointing. And obviously, you had, you had the Minnesota game. Which, but before that, we bounced back and beat number nineteen Iowa. Right. Yep. Which was a fun. That one. one that was I was a, watching that on Big Ten when I got home today. They played did a replay of that. Man, right Terry right had himself a game that game. David Blau had a deep ball going on, but then just when I we forgot, yeah. just when we're feeling good, David throws that pick six in the yeah. fourth, and then. Uh, I remember Evan, I was sitting next to you that game. I couldn't watch Spencer Evans line up for like the 23-yard field goal. I just, I just had visions of it going off the upright or something. So, but, man, I love how we're on and I was so far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, then you followed up with yeah, the Minnesota game. Worked against Minnesota. Um, that was the same week that Louisville had fired uh, Bobby Petrino. A yep. uh, rumor started swirling, and it just aggravated me to no end, saying, here we go again. Two years in a row that these coaching rumors are affecting our season. Not so much first year. The first year was going into the bowl game with the Tennessee stuff. Right. 
It was after the season had already been concluded and we got a bowl berth. But this year I'm thinking, man, if we lose out, we're not going to make a bowl or, you know, lose a couple games coming in. And mm-hmm. that Minnesota team wasn't that good. They finished strong. They're on the rise. Don't get me wrong. I don't like saying nice things about P.J. Fleck. But, yeah. man, that was ugly. Didn't they have a like their it was like their fourth string quarterback or something? Wasn't it? Uh, it was it was brutal. It was just nothing nothing was good about that game. It was terrible. I think I can watch it, but I remember I mean because it was again we're like you know the year before we were you know five and six going to the IU game you know which you know for the first year Brown was fine so we're like oh man we can actually go to a bowl and then the second year's like okay we're kind of in the same you know if we beat Minnesota we were six and five and you know get a chance to get your seventh win against Indiana and, and we we get thumped. And- and we still had an outside chance to win the West at that time. Right, yeah. And then you go and say, oh, here, crap, here we go again, going to the Indiana game at Indiana this time. Um, then you, you beat them, go to a bowl, and obviously the bowl game was something that happened. Well, and how frustrating was senior day, losing in triple overtime That's to right. Wisconsin? Yeah, Wisconsin. We're yeah. 14 right. points with like seven right. minutes left and choking. Yeah. Still haven't beaten them since 03. Right, and this was. Yeah, was just, I, I was going to say like, how, yeah, I don't remember beating Wisconsin. In my life. It was it was all three. It was. Uh, yeah, I know. I know what's game happened, but, uh-huh. was clutched that game, and then, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, we could have had them two years ago in Brom's first year up at Camp Randall. Um, this year we play up there for their senior day, so that'll be fun. Um, I, I don't. I'm not sold on Paul Christ. I think I'm not either. But they do have a heck of a running back, Jonathan Taylor. They're gonna have good line, always. but they're, but they're like their quarterback. Yeah. They lost a lot of linemen, though. I think they're pretty inexperienced. Yeah. yeah, but they always they always have their. But, but I'm kind of with you, Evan. I think they're the one program. I think the West is really moving up. A lot of teams are looking. I mean, Northwestern, Iowa, Nebraska, Purdue, and even Minnesota. I think they're on the rise. Oh. Illinois sucks. But no. <laughs> and then, then I think Wisconsin. I know a lot of people are already ranking them like 16th, 17th this year. I think they're going to take a step back. I think they're the program kind of sliding. Maybe that's what they think. I don't know. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, which uh, getting ahead of ourselves, me talking about the season, but I think Northwestern will be the team to beat. Like, there's a solid program. Who's that? Northwestern. And, and I feel like they're not getting any hype, and they won the West by three games. <laughs> by three <laughs> games. Northwestern. I mean – Matt Fitzgerald is an amazing, I think he's a really great coach. Um, I disagree with his opinion on cell phones and the youth today. But, <laughs> today. I mean, they just built a, an amazing yeah. facility right off the lake. It looks yeah. it's awesome. Um, but I'm sick and tired of the media hype of, over Nebraska. Oh, um, it's, it, it, yeah. It's, it, it, their defense was. It's a year or two. Year. It's a year or two too soon. Yeah, I mean Martinez is a great quarterback, but he's only a sophomore. And, yeah, fine, they have a good class coming in, but like I don't, I don't get it. They they sucked last year. Yeah, their defense was terrible, and it's hard to go from terrible to amazing in one year. Yep. So, yep, well, we'll get to that later. Yep, yep, we'll get into that talk uh, in our next ep- uh, podcast episode more. Um, but anything else uh, stand out to you about last year? Um, I hated seeing. The seniors go out the way we did. Yeah. It was really, especially us being that close to the game. Seeing Blau, you know, yeah. he was so frustrated. Which I mean, you know, Baron. Seeing those guys, I mean, Blau especially because he's just such. I love Blau so much. Sure. I was in the Blau Sindler debate. I was a Blau fan more. Just I think just because of. I really don't know why. I knew Sindler was probably the better quarterback, but I was just such a Blau fan. And seeing him not get the chance to really go out the way, in a way that, kind of 
I guess summarize his last couple years of Purdue and how much he fought for the team and came back. It just kind of it just sucked. But it, it sure will be nice not to have a quarterback controversy this year for the first time in a decade. <laughs> Literally, 09 was the last year I don't think Purdue had a quarterback mm, controversy. Right. 2010, I guess Robert Marv was the guy, and then he yeah. towards ACL three games of the year, and then it was just like, oh, you up there in the stands, can you play quarterback? Okay. <laughs> Come on, because everybody was getting hurt on that team, but I digress. Andrew, anything else for from last year? Um, I think it was just – yeah, it was just fun to see kind of the youth a little bit, which is I think where you get that inconsistency, Evan, you said, where that's why it just makes me more excited kind of. Like, yeah, I agree. Like the, the senior day that Wisconsin just feeling like that game, like Purdue was finally going to beat Wisconsin after Wisconsin seemingly runs for 500 yards every time against Purdue. Uh, oh, every time. Every time. <laughs> Just embarrassed, just dominate, just total domination. But um, just kind of how young, I kind of looking back on it, it makes me feel like all the young guys that Brown was getting in that contributed that will now be moving up just makes me more excited for kind of where this team's going and next year or this year, next year kind of keep it moving forward oh yeah i mean i'm I'm of course looking forward to this year but i i really think purdue will take that next step in 2020 2021 i think that's when we can really really raise the expectations um but i yeah going back to that wisconsin game again i just i remember after after that game film like we're getting up losing indiana our coach is going to leave us (laughs) we're going to go back in the porta john hole that we just back to 2014 nine games and Four years or whatever it was, just I couldn't take much more of that. I don't know how people did the collateral years because that was just as bad, if not worse. But I remember, um, hell, I remember my senior year. Yeah, well, I mean, my junior and senior year, uh, like I would stay till the end for every game. Like I stayed for that Wisconsin game, and it was like three hundred to six. Yeah, yeah. My my senior. Well, I went four and a half years. I had five football seasons. My last football season was the first time, I think, as a student, definitely, I had left games early. I just I, I couldn't take it. I wanted to go eat a Monocles at halftime or something. I didn't want to sit in the stands <laughs> anymore and watch Wisconsin one. kill us. I, I, actually, I remember which one I left first. Ohio State because it was 42-0 at half. <laughs> lost 56-0 that game. What year was that? Uh, that was 2000 and. Uh, Oh, I take it back. That was 13. Yeah. Antling came in and replaced Rob Henry in that game, I believe. No, 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 that was the Nebraska game. Sorry. But yeah. but the Ohio State game, we were down 42 and a half. Because that was the sweet uh that was the um introduction to the black helmets. We had more black helmets. Um, the, was and then was that when Purdue was shut out either the game before or the game out the next game? So it was like Purdue hasn't scored a point in like it feels like we quarters. were shut out all year. I mean, for Colorado yeah. Island doesn't pick off the ball against like a three and nine Indiana yeah. State team, we don't win a game that year. <laughs> oh god! Thank God we don't have to put up with that anymore. So, um, yeah. And last year, I remember how disappointed I was. I didn't, I didn't think there was any way Purdue would start off zero and three. No. Uh, and with all those games at home, um, but but they did, but they but they bounced back, made a bowl. Um, now this year, the expectations should be uh, set a little higher, I think. But we'll get into that. Uh, last topic for this week, um, before we wrap wrap this episode up, I want to talk about the incoming recruiting class, the freshmen on the football team. Um, this was a top twenty-five class for Jeff Brom. 
had tons of commitments. I think uh, 26 in 20, total, yeah. and it was uh, ranked 26th on Rivals, which we're all Rivals guys. We're all subscribers to Golden Black. We're all knuckleheads. But do it when I when I talk about the team ranking, I'm saying top 25 because it was top 25 in other publications. So, who are some of the freshmen you're really anxious to watch and think could be uh, contributors this year? I'll you go first. Um, I mean, okay, then I'll take the easy one. I mean, yeah, go ahead. George, <laughs> George Carlisle. George, man. Local. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, everything says that he's working really hard. He's just really, really naturally gifted, talented. I mean, I know he just started playing football. He didn't play football very long, right? Because he's mm-hmm. he, he grew up in Greece. He was like a soccer player and a water polo player or something, but he's. I mean, he's 6'5", 260 pounds, and just a really strong, really quick, really good athlete. I think he'll be – hopefully get some – finally get some pressure on the quarterback, which seems like it's pretty well always struggles with or hasn't since since Tiller was the coach, it seems like. I don't know. Um, so he should be an obvious one. I mean, coming in at defensive end and be a day one starter and hopefully impact player. Mm-hmm. Everything I'm hearing – when you hear like listening to you know, reading Golden Black and listening to what the coach says, it sounds like he's like he was a day one starter and like in spring camp and even in the this fall camp. So it's he's been pretty impressive. Well, Brom even went as high as saying as uh, not a few weeks ago that he was our best defensive player in the spring. And I know I know Marcus Bailey was out, Lorenzo Neal was out, a couple other guys, but that's some high praise. Yeah, for an incoming true freshman. Yeah, especially which is kind of similar. Line. Yeah. Usually, yeah. kind of the adage is like the farther away you are from the ball as a position, the more chance you have of playing and getting yep. early. But having a freshman come in on the defensive line and being that good is yeah. either says he's that good or everyone else is just that bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, there was similar kind of hype with like with Rondell last year, how he was just mm-hmm. dominating and doing all that. And you're like, okay, well, it's practice and the team is just okay. Like, how good are they going to be? And then it became, I was like, nope, he's a all American. <laughs> he's pretty good. He is that oh, good. He was awesome. Yeah, he is awesome. Heck, he made, I'm sure you guys saw the tweet I did on our account, but it was a picture or a video of him signing the Big Ten Tour bus. Yeah. He makes things like signing a bus look cool. Right. <laughs> he makes everything look cool. Yeah. Uh, Evan, any uh, freshman for you? I'm, I've got a toss up between two. You, you could say all four if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, one of one of them <laughs> one of them is the receiver. One of them is not. Um, the receiver I'm most excited about now. I'm most excited about. I think it's just because um, I think part of it. I didn't really know much about him because I didn't really follow his recruiting all that much um, before he committed. But after reading a lot. Uh, in camp, I'm really excited to see Milton Wright. Yes, I, yes. I mean, 6'3", 190, um, you know, playing on the outside. Had an offer from Alabama. Had an offer from Alabama. <laughs> um, seems like just a really good kid just from the interviews yeah. I've, I've kind of watched and listened to, and he seems really smart. Um, and then um, it's a toss-up between him and uh, Jalen Graham, defensive back from everything I've, I've been reading. Oh, yeah. He's been really good, and when uh, – the guys at Golden or when uh, Brian Newbert from from Golden Black say that him and uh, um, Marvin Grant kind of remind him of Stu Schweigert and uh, Bernard Paul. Oh, just oh. Oh, those were those were the guys back. Yeah, that was a nasty so, defense. So uh, that gets me excited. I love hard hitting safeties. Um, I think Purdue's defensive back core just from 
what the freshman class and what we got coming in next year, if, you know, if everything stays true, I think we're going to have a pretty freaking good defensive group of defensive backs for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, those are probably my top two. I was going to put David Bell on there, um, but he's been limited in practice with an injury. I'm still excited, obviously, to see him, but uh, for the sake of since he has been practicing, I wanted to go with Milton Wright because yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. Anytime you get a Army All American like David Bell, tough. <laughs> Uh, ranked recruit out of state of Indiana, one of the top 100 players in the nation. That's pretty big time. Even though he still didn't win Mr. Football, which is a crock. That's way. That was just a shame that he didn't win that over Jack Kaiser from Pioneer, who's going to play another name. Uh, but yeah, I I have a few players as well. Uh, I'm actually excited because mainly because he's having a good camp. I thought he'd be the one receiver out of the four incoming freshman receivers kind of that got lost in the mix. But now I'm not thinking of that. And that's TJ Sheffield. Yep. Sounds like he's having a really good camp. Yep. He was a kid that was committed to Notre Dame at one point. And then Notre Dame pretty much told, we don't want you anymore. Yep. So we're not honoring your scholarship. And that, that makes me really excited to go up and play them in 2021 when mm-hmm. he's a junior. Um, think, think he'll have that one circled on his calendar. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do. I'm excited to see all four of these freshman wide receivers, uh, presuming that Marshawn Rice plays. I haven't heard too much about him lately. But I know Brown right. Mid-State at Victim Media Days, we could see all four freshman wide receivers on the field. So I'm excited about those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about another defensive lineman that I think is going to play. He's a defensive tackle, Stephen uh, Fuchuai. Fuchuai, thanks. Fuchuai, yeah. Uh, Everything I've read about him sounds like he's always like – either just not mentioned or it's one of those things where it's like, oh, he, you know, he's least likely to see the field. I mean, I could just okay. but I have no idea. I, mean, no, I, 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 I thought but. he's been – I think he's been playing with, like, the twos. I think he's yeah. been in there. I think yeah. he'll play. I know Diener, I mean, uh, Tom Dienhardt of the Golden Black always just praises how big he is, yeah. how much he looks like the part. So, um, well, I think it was mm-hmm. a defensive line coach, and I just blanked on his name, said that he could Reggie, play. Richard Jackson, is yeah. that him? John. Johnson, Johnson, Johnson. 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 Yeah. So he's got about eight defensive linemen that he can, or he's yeah. tackles or linemen that he can, that he's comfortable playing, which. He said tackles, I thought, yeah. I think, yeah, he might have been tackles. Yeah. Yeah, he's he, he said George could even uh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. fly into the inside if need be. So. I think they said passing. They said, yeah, yeah, passing down just to get more pressure, getting other rushers on the field makes sense. And then I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm hearing really good things about Cameron Allen, the defensive back mm-hmm. from Virginia. Uh, a lot of praise for him in the last week or so. So, um, I mean, I mean, you can go down the whole list. I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, Brom said we could see up to like 16 freshmen see playing time this year. So, which is crazy. Well, well it's interesting. Cause now they have the, the four yeah. games they can play four games. So, which they should, I mean, at any time too, it's assuming, yeah. I mean, like if they're good athletes and they're talented and strong, I mean, even if it's just special teams, I mean, get them out there and it's experience and it's practice game practices and, Mm-hmm. If they don't play, they don't lose. They they keep their red shirt year, but they still get get game experience. And yeah, why not? Yep. Did you guys see the? Uh, I think you'll see a lot of them because um, Big Ten Network was at practice today. Do you see the interview with uh, Ron Dale and Elijah? I saw part of it, and then I paused it and came down came down to record. <laughs> yeah, so. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get to finish it. I've they got asked, it recorded as well. They asked Elijah a couple. Of, they asked them both about like the offense, obviously, um, and uh, but the. Aside from Rondell, the, the two players that Elijah just mentioned both times were David Bell and uh, Wright. And then the second time he, he answered the question, talking about the receivers, he then brought up like Sparks and 
yeah. uh, Amon Anderson. So it's like he was he, the first two names out of his mouth besides Rondell were always David Bell and Milton Wright. So man, that's exciting for the well, future. <laughs> and yeah. and it's not like there weren't good receivers that came in the class yeah. before. Oh. I mean that yeah. Corey Taylor. Yep. Yep. Corey Taylor and six five and really fast. Um, Jordan Bonner. Uh, and how about the two freshman tight ends? Amon I Anderson, think we're going to yeah. see. Uh, yeah. I think we're going to see both of them used a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be. But there's three good ones in front of them. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm thinking Hopkins, but uh, who else? There's uh, yeah. Payne Is Durham. They like. Oh, and then yeah. There's... Pittman. Pittman. And then Pittman. Yeah. But Garrett Miller and then. Mm-hmm. Um, Philadelphia。ヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒューストンヒ
Uh, and also I want to thank the sponsor of this episode, uh, Shroff Landscaping Nurseries. Uh, contact Mitch Melton for all of your landscaping needs. Shroff Landscaping has over 50 years of landscaping experience, including landscape design, irrigation, uh, lawn application, fall cleanup. That's a big thing right now. Uh, they're doing a lot of fall cleanup already. You know, I noticed out in my yard, I'm having tons of leaves drop already, so I'm going to have to you know, I don't have tons of landscaping, but I'm going to have to do some fall cleanup myself. And irrigation right now, my yard is dead as dead can be. So that's one thing I am going to look into getting next year, some irrigation for my yard because it is not looking good. So uh, give Mitch Melton a call at Shroof Landscaping, 574-223-2769. And we appreciate him being the sponsor of the Boiler Breakdown. Absolutely. With that said, guys, I got nothing else except – can't wait to talk to you guys uh, the week of the Nevada game and uh, boiler up. Boiler up. Yes, sir.